is that time of year when we get to uh, recognize our mothers. We're going to do that in just a bit, but we'd also like to uh, have an opportunity to uh, dedicate a couple of our kids that have yet to be dedicated to the Lord. You know, that's a tradition that goes back uh, all the way into the Old Testament where that child of believers would be brought to the temple to be committed and dedicated to the Lord. And this morning we have got Mother Deborah Blaine and Sarah. Have their son Timothy, and I want y'all to bring him up again. Also, Diamond and Megan, and they have uh, their daughter, Christina. I mean, Kimberly. My lady, I, I, I tried hard to get her the name of Christina. We're excited for you guys. This, uh, this morning, the child that you're holding your hand is a gift from your Heavenly Father. And the Lord will love the child entered into your mind. The Lord will love where you are coming that, that they will be born and that you will be the parent. So this birthday is an occasion we are coming to to celebrate and reflect upon the goodness of God. If uh, you agree with me, would you repeat after me by saying, Scripture commands that as parents, you are to teach your child about the Lord Jesus Christ, and only then will they be adequately uh, prepared for the challenges of life. Your child's spiritual welfare does not need to uh, accomplish something by telling them about Jesus. It is the words that you speak that accomplish the real value of life, and that's the presence of the Holy Spirit that truly communicates the message of God's love to the saving Father. If you will let Christ's life As a church, we're all part of the family of God. As a family, we work alongside one another uh, to help these parents, pray for them, and encourage them. Uh, we're both being parents spiritually, but also brothers and sisters in Christ. As a congregation, will you be that family? If so, would you repeat after me? We will be that family under God. We will be that family under God. As a family, we must be willing to hold each other accountable. We must be willing to confront one another when we make mistakes, when we fail, when we sin. We hold each other to that standard of purity and integrity and commitment to the Lord Jesus Christ. Helping to raise these children in the love of Christ and in His likeness. Will you acknowledge that commitment? Indicate your willingness to keep to help them keep this promise. If, if so, would you answer? We will. This morning we want to give to you guys in mind today uh, that uh, symbolic copy of God's word is first New Testament. And so we have got a number eight speaks in the New Testament in Timothy Peace in the Lord. Y'all give these guys a hand. Hang on. And will you join me in praying for them? Heavenly Father. This morning we pray for Kimberly and Timothy and their moms and dads, for their brothers and sisters and families that are here and are here today. Lord, just let the family that they surround them and the church family that surrounds them, Lord, that you help them as they grow, as their parents commit their child to you, who is so different to them. In your name, amen. Give a hand, would you? Thank y'all. Tomorrow, let's see, I Give us a special lady here. I believe one guy or the other is in here. Uh, Liam, you're not down here, you're not. Where are you? Where are you? Lydia, come here. Yeah. Okay, one over here. Pick up Lydia's flower basket. Come on, Lydia. Come pick up this other flower basket. We like to, we like to remember uh, our mothers, and we also like to acknowledge some special mothers. Give these mothers a hand, please. 
Let's, let's do this. If you have a baby uh, in, the, in the last year, would you stay home? Oh, I think that's it. You're, you're, then you will give your mom the basket for being the newest mother. Give her a hand. Thank <laughs> you. 
David, think with you along this thought. What a chosen blessing it is to be a mom. You know, as a pastor, I believe there's a special place in God's heart that he has for moms. I, I think about, for example, the coming of the Son of God, the coming of God himself to this world, all the ways in which God could have arrived. So it's with that thought in mind today that I want to just deal a little bit with it. It's not completely the message. What we would think of as a hot button issue, and that's the issue of pro choice, pro life, abortion, or life. I want us to think about that for a little bit. I think it's, it's worth thinking about and thinking about from the Christian perspective. I want to show you this morning what I believe to be the wonderful blessing of being a mom. And if you're a mom and God's given you that gift to be a mother, then what a wonderful blessing God has given to you. I'd like to ask everyone, particularly our young girls and young women, just kind of do me a favor and whatever your position is. such a pleasure to be a mom, and we need to be encouraging those that God blesses to be that deliverance man, to be a strong man, be a mother man. I think regardless of where we stand on the issue, we would all say we wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for our moms. And that's the question I want us to think about. To whom do we owe our existence? Now, that's an important question because how you answer that question is really how you value life in its, in its existence, in its conception, in its beginning. And I want to say that I, I want to take a side of being pro-life and pro-choice. If you want to ask me what side I want to take, I want to be pro-God. If you're here today, you're in God's house, and I hope that God's word is would say that he would want to be on his side of whatever topic you're talking about. And so that's the question. What is God's position? Jeremiah 1.5, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you a prophet to the nations. Let me just say in this short sentence, there is a universe of implications that Number one, according to Jeremiah, God. 
Notice what he said. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. We're going to come back to something in just a moment. But in that verse, it's mind-boggling. But I want you to focus on that line for a moment. Before I formed you, that word is a word that means to be. Verses 13 through 19. The psalmist speaks it this way. For you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret. Intricate things you wove me in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed substance, in your books were written, every one of them, the days that were formed for me, when as yet there was none of them. The psalmist says, before I was even born, God had already woven my body in your bosom. That little phrase, being knit together, is the same word that's used in Jeremiah. In, the, in verse 16 of that, that, that psalm, he talks about what it is to be formed. Uh, anyone that tells you what is first formed in a room is a rather deception. It's an embryo. All right, you all know it's an embryo. Well, the word for embryo is really unformed body. And this is the word that's used in the Hebrew. For embryo, here, the unformed body. David is referring to it at the very beginning of conception. In Psalm 139, verse 13, the word, it must be, is literally a Hebrew word that means my temple. Why would he say, you form my temple? Well, the, the term image is used to refer to the entire complex of organs that made up the inside of the Right down to the DNA strips of our families. Listen, the psalmist says, David says, Jeremiah says, God committed it all together. It was God that put this uh, form together, that built this incredible machinery that's called the human body. And from its beginning, he put all the pieces together, and he is the one who said, I will make it work magnificently in the way that he does it. And when did that happen? At the moment of conception. At that moment, that newly fertilized egg contains a staggering amount of genetic information sufficient to control the fruitful development of a human body. A single thread of DNA from one human contains the equivalent of a library of thousands of volumes of 600. Those two sons met, and they learned from the one single sin. And when, when they did, those two 
they began to write out in three vivid, vivid descriptions of who you would be. Who you and I would be. It's the written language of God describing who God ordained us to be. And he goes on to say, if you took the DNA out of that one cell and you stretched it out, that DNA would be six feet long. Three billion characters stretched out six feet long. If you were to read your DNA to one character per second, night and day, it would take that person reading it out 96 years just to read the description of you. He went on to say, what happens to be said about that? He said, men go in the night and wander at the height of mountains that we wave to the sea, along coastal rivers, the vast compass of the ocean, the circular motion of the stars that they pass by themselves in Well, God said, Jeremiah, I've set you. 
put purpose in your life. Dear friend, your mom and dad, who your mom and dad is, is not an accident. It's not some sort of cosmic accident that your parents, you know, are who they are. There's no accident that you were born in the time that you were born. And where you were born. All of these things that we just think were just kind of happenstance and how grateful and just for the circumstances and just, you know, whatever. No, no, no. God said all of these things were planned out for you before. Each and every person here, everyone listen. You are a vessel of God's grace to the glory of His purpose in your life. And that just means that life doesn't belong to you. It isn't wrong. Life is about the Lord. That's not the message the world wants to hear. The message of our world today is this. Get out of the mother's womb and wants to be the living light like a light of the world. And then when you die, the world comes the same way. But there is nothing after the world to do with That's a pretty sad message, isn't it? I, I, I can't believe people would even want to buy into that church. And you, and you probably hear that this morning, you say, No way, preacher. People aren't that bad. Let me show you an illustration. certain days and set apart certain times of the year to celebrate certain things. Spring, we celebrate Easter. In December, you know, we celebrate Christmas. We don't think that we celebrate Thanksgiving. On the second Sunday in May, we celebrate Easter. So it's nothing new that sets up in the heart and says it's special. But again, I say that you have been set apart. We've been set apart for God's power in our lives. Jeremiah was not just set apart for salvation. He was set apart for vocation. God had a work for him to do, a mission for him to accomplish, a purpose for him to do. The only word vocation here, it doesn't just mean work. It comes from the Latin Every one of us here has a call upon our lives. This is just the beginning. It isn't just the missionary. It's every man, woman, boy, and girl. God has a call upon your life. And listen, one of the greatest calls that God can place upon his own is the call to be a prophet. God has appointed every
disappoints you. The disappointment is the failure to show up with the person that you want. 2,000 years ago, there was a couple that were young. Probably not even close enough to really be young. The guy was not even old enough to know what to do. The Holy Spirit began to move, and God said, You're going to have a baby. This is your child. This is going to be the marriage of it. It's really no was, you're going to have a baby by way of a ministry that through you will glorify the great Savior. What is that moment? What is the moment that said that to me? You know what? I'm not close enough. I'm not going to do it. It's not in my best interest. It's not in my best Illness 
We pray God's blessings upon you as you worship with us today. If God has led you to make a decision today for Jesus, we would love to hear about it. We invite you to come to our website, cometothecross.net. Our online decision card will allow you to tell us about the decision that you're making. All decisions, all contacts are kept private and are confidential. However, we would be able to pray for you and perhaps I'd even be able to call you and pray with you about what God has led you to do if you so desire. So fill out the form, let us know, and just know that we love you and God loves you. And we're excited that you're taking this first step for God today.